everyone, and welcome back to part two of Black Widow. Or if I edit this very quickly, continuing to listen to us <laughs> talk about Black Widow, and you're going to figure out that this is you know, me planning for every eventuality. Just so in case. organized. <laughs> so it's a different day, but more conversations. Um, we left off, we were talking lots on uh, the villains of the piece. Particularly, we, we, we've been talking a lot on Drakov, the the acting of Drakov and some of the character. We didn't really talk on Taskmaster, mm. which I think is a good place to hit because that was a very interesting thing that has ramped up a lot of conversation online. Mm. What did the two of you make of Taskmaster? Can we just start by somebody explaining who Taskmaster is? Drakov's daughter. The okay. robot-like one. Right. Because, you know, you say Taskmaster, I think of Alex Horn. I start imagining Marvel <laughs> Tasks. We go a very different place. That's another podcast. Right. Good. Great. The thing that can watch anyone fight and learn their moves and fight against them, which is, you know, dodgy sci-fi trope number one, but was kind of cool to see watching how Hawkeye works with the bow and arrow. The Black Panther moment with the claws was quite cool. Mm. I sort of dug it. No, I I liked it. I uh, I really liked on the bridge when you you actually see that and they leap up at the same time and you see um, Taskmaster mirroring that. I was entirely confused because you know where I said I'd not watched um, trailers. I had caught little bits of things and I in my mm. mind for some reason I thought that Milena was Taskmaster. Okay. And so that when that was <laughs> wasn't the case, I was like, I don't know what's going on. It must be Alexi. It's not, oh, so I was very confused. But um, I I really like it. had it because really it's the suit for the majority of it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Real presence and real menace. And I love the mm-hmm. kind of when there's the bit coming into the subway where the cars crash down and mm-hmm. um, Taskmaster's walking after them. And it is just, there's no running. It's just this relentless Terminator-like. Yeah. I'm going to get you at some point comparison. anyway. Mm-hmm. And so this is Olga Kurilenko, who is the Ukrainian-French actress, at least was in the suit for some of it. I'm guessing not the vast majority. <laughs> um, and I like with her as well that that's a nice Bond callback because she was um, the Bond girl in uh, Quantum of Solace. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, then we've obviously got Moonraker and it's quite Bondy bits of this anyway. So mm-hmm. I thought that was nice. What about you, Abby? Um, I absolutely loved it. Guest, I mean, didn't know anything um, from the trailer or any have any previous thoughts about it, but I guessed fairly quickly as soon as we had a mention of the daughter that it would be her inside yeah. the suit. I thought that suit was a fantastic piece of design. I mm. thought that the, the sense of grotesque that they wrapped that character in and, and didn't what was not said around her i thought was wonderful and what was the weight that is given to her physical kind of capability and the way in which she's been weaponized i thought was just such an incredibly interesting thing it felt like a very different take on um that that kind of manufactured character um mm. and given the black widow is is all about manufacturing weapons from women Mm -hmm. i thought to see such a different version in that i i just i have so very many thoughts and i I know we're going to talk a bit more about the end later on but i think Mm. they they do tie in 
with that. So I think we'll get there. But I, I like the sort of Terminator-esque approach mm-hmm. of some of the things and, and the heft that that yes. sort of suit has, particularly the stuff on the bridge. I just It was very solid, very sparse, very clear. Clear mm-hmm. enough that even people like me who are not particularly great at Marvel recognition can go, oh, they're doing a thing. I've seen that mm. thing. And even if I don't immediately know all of the different things, I still get it and I can still see the mirroring. I thought it was excellent. Really, really just all around really good and intriguing and interesting. And again, it felt like something a little bit new um, based on the genre. Again, it's a very genre literate thing that does something new and interesting that is relevant explicitly to the Black Widow story. And you really can't ask more, can you? Mm. And I love combined with that the way the tank they're in powers onto the scene. It doesn't have a big build up of us seeing it coming. It just smashes onto the screen and is oh, there's a threat. Go, and it's good. And then then when it returns a bit later, it does the same thing, and it's it's enjoyable for that it, because it's a big action set piece, reminiscent of the Terminator films. Mm. Mm. I thought there was just something kind of slightly reminiscent, um, in, again, in, in terms of being that sort of new take relevant to the story of um, Killmonger from Black Panther as well. Just having that super villain, so powerful, but also not the kind of villain that is easy, not the kind of villain that is convenient, and someone with their own fight and existence that is... Yeah, again, it's just it felt very original, which is a weird thing to say on a comic book film. But I really, I really was impressed. Well, that's that's been a lot of the complaints because it is a, uh, it is not the Taskmaster <laughs> from the comics. It's mm. a very different take. It's a different person. It's a different way of doing it. And I don't mind. I've said before, I want them to be doing new things and take us in directions that we don't necessarily see. So I, you know, I feel like this is a piece good on them. that we should have made with the MCU by this point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do understand if you are someone who is a real fan of that character and has read about him because it was gender flipped was Anthony and we got Antonia. Um, and then you see that he is coming into the into the film, then I can understand if then you're a bit like, oh, that you know, we're not getting an, we're not getting pro- proper taskmaster, so to speak, but they're unlikely to do it again. Um, I don't know how much of a personality that character had in the comics, but you know, I suppose if we got Iron Man without Tony Stark mm-hmm. and you were a big fan of Tony Stark, I, you know, I can kind of see why that would be yeah. annoying. Um, but from a very selfish point of view, didn't affect me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really, the music cue as well, mm. the dun dun and it just, all of it just helped with that menace. Mm. and uh, Yeah, it's yeah. a big sort of horn, that thing is coming. Yeah, and there and, was and, no escape. And, I know you're making the joke in a sort of slightly flippant way, it didn't mm. affect you and so on, but it it also makes it accessible to people that it hasn't been accessible yeah. to before. Yeah. Suddenly a character that, oh, here's something we can actually get into because it doesn't require previous reading. It's not yet another character in the same mould as we've had elsewhere. Mm. Mm. And the whole Dracov's daughter, you know, going back to that after the conversation with Loki and Avengers yep. where it's brought up. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like that, that tying back. Um, I thought it was interesting seeing the shield. We've mm. not seen anyone other than Cap having a shield, given the hours we've spent talking about sodding shields. Um, there was a bit I, where the shield made a noise, and I thought of you. 
<laughs> that shield's got personality. <laughs> um, I'm assuming it's not vibranium. Same. Because it didn't seem to, it didn't do quite as many sort of bouncing off things and it just felt it, a bit it more. It seemed to battering. actually obey the laws of physics. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Abby, you mentioned you, you sort of saw the twist coming. Yes. That it was going to be Draco's daughter. Yes. Laura, did you pick up what was No, I did, because as I was saying, I've gone mm. through oh it's Melena, oh it's not Melena, it's Alexia, it's not Alexia. <laughs> I have no bloody idea who this person is. <laughs> I assume it is gonna be somebody that we care about, but I'd kind of mm-hmm. forgotten Draco's daughter by that by that stage and uh, okay. the idea of the little girl. And also it's exactly. such a big bulky suit that yeah. I had in my, you know, my, I know we do obviously have women who are very strong, but it was just so bulky that in my mind it was like, well, it's, it's probably a man, but I assume, you know, that's cybernetic because it definitely isn't Olga Kurilenko because mm. she is not. Okay. Stacked. I, I think they hid it. On purpose to give us that review, yeah. and because and you expect it to be someone. Anytime I always say this about the Flash show, because characters rock up every few episodes in masks. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what actor have they brought back from a previous series who's now going to be this this bad guy or something? So, you know, it was always going to be some reveal, but yeah, did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. But there's another reveal in the epi- in in the film that I wanted to ask about, where it turns out she and Rachel Weisz's character have swapped face mask things. Mm. and swapped places um did you see that coming did you know what trickery was going on there i didn't i think it worked for me because it was entirely believable that melena was still in in the red room etc so so Mm. seeing it being that who we thought was melena carrying them through i mean the addition now that it's got a hair thing as well it's (laughs) electronic face and wig um was interesting um, but I, by that stage, I was so bought in that I was happy to accept that. <laughs> Abby, did you? I don't know if I can pretend to have fully understood um, this <laughs> at this point, but I will say that I am a big fan of Mission Impossible. Therefore, I just accept this kind of stuff very, mm-hmm. very yeah. easily, mm-hmm. um, very readily. And actually, what I liked is that it doesn't shy away from the kind of Mission Impossibleness of it, and it does that backtrack and that sort of way of following through and again you know you speak my language marvel i like it that's just, <laughs> you know this is how i follow even when i don't necessarily understand um and i i really was absolutely delighted to buy that and i particularly enjoy kind of watching them put these things together um mm-hmm. i thought that was that was great and it gave us alexi trying to talk with an earpiece in which i enjoyed pretty nice yeah. very much did you did you guess it matthew I, I did, but I think because I'd spent some point in the week before looking up Jenny Agatha in the MCU to be able to send you a picture of Jenny Agatha in the MCU God, you're looking so good. Obsessed. Uh, Jenny Agatha, why wouldn't you be obsessed? Um It's <laughs> a great point. Because I had spent only a few days before time watching that sequence. Yes. And trying to because all, all the shots are of Scarlett Hansen taking the mask off, so there's no good shots of, of Jenny Agatha flipping upside down and kicking people in the head, which is exactly what I wanted to send you. Um, there is a moment when she's talking to Rachel Weiss that I thought, this reminds me of, of Jenny Agatha being in the thing, and I don't know why. And then because, I think just because whatever reason it had been in the back of my head, I think because I thought, oh, Rachel Weiss is in the outfit. Maybe she's going to go and kick some bottom. Mm. Uh, and then I thought, well, we've seen that before, and it was great. Oh, and it was Scarlett Hansen, wasn't it? It just sort of set that going. But I think I'm, you know, 
and probably in a rare thing because that's a very small throwaway moment of Winter Soldier. Mm. And as ever, a little bit like with the Loki conversation, it's nice to revisit it here. Yeah. And, you know, remember the things they've done in other films and tie it all together with, oh, yeah, they've got that trick in the toolbox. Mm. Mm. But what it does give us, you're absolutely right, is Alexi talking to her, <laughs> thinking it's Scarlett Hansen, <laughs> and then talking to her and saying, hey, I want to be able to do this, and then talking to his earpiece, and it turns out he doesn't have his earpiece. <laughs> I, again, adore it. solid comedy, mm. yeah. It was very funny. I, I mean, we, we I don't know how much we covered that fact when we talked in part one. But at the end of it, I mean, my wife just said that was really funny all mm. the way through. Mm. And I will say that is a thing I did not expect of the Black Widow film. There are many yeah. things about this that okay. I did not expect, but for it to be very funny throughout. I love the the family dynamic when they're sat at the table um, and, and having food and that. And and Nat is all business. Here's, here's what's going to happen. And she's being interrupted by her dad, who's reaching past her for the Russian salad and her mum is saying to Elena, eat something, eat something. And you've just got her trying to be this Avenger in the middle Avenger. of all of this. Yeah. Um, and the sisters being just grossed out by suggestions that her parents might be getting on them. Yeah, I just thought the juxtaposition of those two, again, that was not something I was expecting to see. I thought it was going to, I mean, I mean, it was a very serious film because of what the topics it was dealing with, mm. but I thought the balancing, they did really well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was all in those character pieces mm. um, because the characters are written very well to, to deliver that stuff. I think particularly Yelena Florence Pugh. I think she's the standout that everyone, you know, I've seen reviews with her as the headline and the key comment is just how good she is in this film. Mm. It makes me want to see more stuff that she's in. I need mm. to find stuff Absolutely that isn't violent. I, I, I can't decide if I think it's a little cynical. Because it, it really does seem to be setting up that the Black Widow series doesn't, again, doesn't have to follow the Black Widow we've always known. Mm. Black Widow 2 is Yelena and the Widows. Something, you know, in fact, it could be the Captain Marvel thing. Next one is the Widows. Mm. Something along those lines. And it's just, it's so, right, this is the character we're going to pin a franchise on. So let's make sure they are wonderful and amazing. But But it also feels very like the introduction of Peter Parker in Civil War. He yes. and he and T'Challa came out really well from that film. For everything else in the film, they're really good, and and I think it's actually just making sure the character sells well. So it's not necessarily cynical. It's just knowing what's going to be important. I think this was, I, I loved um, T'Challa and uh, Peter Parker's introduction in Civil War, but they were Peter Parker in particular was very short. The 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 man, but also the, <laughs> his introduction. Yeah, you know, it was. Mm. enhanced cameo really yeah. whereas this I think with this they must be being very serious about Yelena going forward mm. because True. she is woven all the way through the film she isn't just mm. sort of an, an add-on here and mm. I think given Florence Pugh's popularity uh, seemingly her range from what I've seen so far anyway uh, I think I think it's a hell of an investment and and I think it's a way to leave behind some of the less uh, modern ideas that sat with mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Um, particularly around sexualization of the character. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think we can sort of retain a lot of the stuff we loved about that, mm. but with this with this new character. And I'm yeah, I'm happy. Black Widow two with the Leelena, put it in my eyeballs. Um, the widows put it in my eyeballs. The the widows the Disney Plus series. 
mm-hmm. where they go around, you know, it's procedural. I really want my bloody Disney Plus procedural at some stage. <laughs> yeah, um, I basically want Alias. Yes, but with the I Black want, Widow yes, I want, set up. Yes, know? absolutely. Mm. You could have Taskmaster training them, because I think that yep. was a thing, wasn't it? The Taskmaster mm-hmm. train people in the comics. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I, I really like the idea that she takes it on and carries it on, because I, 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 I buy Florence Pugh as the super spy more. I think there's that thing that Scarlett Hansen is so striking mm. and so distinctive. She has to have the mask and all this sort of thing, but it would be interesting to see Florence Pugh doing the Mission Impossible stuff and flitting into different identities. And... Mm. Mm. Oh, you're going to make me do an Alias rewatch. <sighs> worth it. I know. Absolutely I know, worth I've it. I've done yeah. a few. <laughs> <sighs> um, just because I feel like the resident um, Marvel bodybuilding consultant, mm-hmm. um, just a thing on, on a note of Florence Pugh is that um, she very notably did not want to partake in the Marvel regime. Um, she did not want the Marvel diet. She said, tell me what you will expect of my body. And if you're going to constantly have expectations of my body, and if you do, this will not be my role. And apparently she just, she was just like, I just need to look like, like I can move, like I can do the things. And I grew up mm-hmm. dancing, so this is fine. And apparently she very much did her own thing. And I her. think that one of the things that I did particularly want to note is that she looks great in of course she does but also she looks how to say like a person <laughs> she looks yes. mm-hmm. like a person not a doll mm. it's fine to look like a doll if doll is the state that you like to be in but i think that there has certainly been um a a model that um action women have been pushed into which is not always conducive to action mm. and i very genuinely enjoyed seeing a young actor inhabiting themselves with complete confidence throughout some, Mm -hmm. as we previously discussed, unbelievable action sequences. And I absolutely bought her strength Mm. um, and pace and skill and all of those things. And I just really enjoyed that there was nothing... Yeah, nothing that I didn't buy, and that went all the way through. And I think that her confidence um, and comfort in Mm -hmm. herself is also a core part of Elena's character that is completely allowed to come through. And I think that is a a generational, I hope, generational change that we will see. Um, As people being allowed to make more of their own decisions about those those character attributes uh, that previously were not in the actor's command. I saw a... um... Really good interview, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes, I'm not sure where. Uh, and it was with her and uh, Scarlett Johansson. And she was, um, Florence Pugh was talking about how she'd had a previous experience in Hollywood where she had been told what to do with her body and she had complied. Hmm. And that she'd hated it so much that she had said to herself, she's never doing that again. So hmm. but I, she hadn't then gone on to say, or, or at least the bit I saw didn't then go on to say about this film. And but, I mean, you can imagine for many people, if Marvel comes calling, you'd say, oh, well, you know, three bags full. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So good on her. Absolutely. absolutely. And it and like off. Said, it wasn't like I didn't believe her mm. at all. No, not for a moment. You believed, and, and I think the good thing about the Widows is that they, for what they do, you know, as far as the action... They don't need to be super super stacked. They don't. They don't need to be Thor because it is more this kind of fluid, using the enemy's strength and weight against them type type fighting. Um, they need to be able to take a punch 
as we see. In I'm the, also not sure they get to eat as much as Thor. No, that's true. Which, I mean, fairly um, genuinely, you know, they are clearly kept in a very restrictive situation. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't, you don't, sorry, the, the physique, I think, is more about the aesthetic. Mm. Like, you know, the physique with, with them, Scarlett Johansson. Or at least the costumes that she had definitely at the beginning were all about enhancing the physique for the um for, they were certainly uh, about aesthetic. enhancing something. Yes. As yes. as she herself has said. Absolutely. And it was also just kind of nice to see her um, you know, whilst we're, we're speaking of appearance and things, I really enjoyed Nat's appearance. Mm. Um, in this and the decisions that she seems to be making around her aesthetic. Um, and also just how that tracked, that we again mentioned before from her childhood, but yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember if I said before, but the fact that she, you know, she isn't made up in most of it. I mean, she may be movie made up, but she doesn't you know, look like she's got makeup on, uh, which is very different to, you know, if you think Iron Man 2, Jesus, she was walking eyelashes at one stage. Yeah. But certainly, she's she's not in the performance space of yeah. her Avenger self, and again, I think it's it's making a really interesting move away from the Avengers. As I mean, I've been watching um, the Boys recently, which is mm. I don't know if either of you have seen, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's about uh, superheroes as performance and so on, and I think it's interesting to see kind of touches of that creeping in. Because clearly, I've been googling way, but I, and I have been listening, and I, I totally agree. I think that the whole because obviously they, they do a thing with. Natasha that the she's a seductress mm. and that's how she gets information out of people and you see that in Avengers a little bit and fine um, it's a very male way to write super spy secret agent types and, and I it, you're absolutely right it looks like they're not going to do that with Florence Pugh you would hope mm. I suspect it's the, the commuter with Liam Neeson I think that's the film that she was made to look different for just oh, looking okay. at some of the images of her from that she does look a bit different and the other ones from suddenly you know, before Midsommar, are not films I, I I wouldn't expect in King Lear. They said she had to look a certain way. You know. <laughs> maybe Lady Macbeth, maybe. Um, the ending. Dracoff. Well, not Dracoff, but more the the uh, fight with Dracoff. I, given how I wasn't particularly happy with Dracoff, uh, well, obviously didn't. I don't mean as a character. I don't think we're meant to be on side with him. But you know, the the portrayal I didn't really buy into. Um, I really loved this scene and that and it was really difficult to watch Nat being punched down and punched and punched and punched. Um, knowing that she couldn't defend herself. But then her turning and saying, What you think I can't take a punch was you know, because that is part of it's not just all this balletic moves and everything, it's being mm. able to get back up on your feet each time. Yeah. And I thought the pheromone trick was that was a neat way of doing it. Um, and then when she, as she says to him, he wasn't strong enough to do it, so she has to do it, and she bangs her head on the table. Really good, it's really yeah. visceral, and really. And then the whole time mm. she, after that, her nose is broken uh-huh. until she resets herself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, I just loved all of that. And then the line as she says, "Thank you for your cooperation." Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> punch the air stuff <laughs> yeah i think it's a really strong scene i think it it's difficult in in a really good way i mean thinking about the the action sequences and the confrontations and 
you know, the big boss battle and so on. This was such a different version mm. of of that. And to have somebody um, in so much control. And I think that, that that's what made it um, fairly, whilst difficult to watch logistically, um, there's there's a, a really odd... Um, no, I don't want the word enjoyment, but there's there's something you know that Nat knows what she's doing. You yeah. know that this is all intentional, and it is mm. extremely interesting to watch somebody be on the receiving end of these things. To see a woman being on on the receiving end of these things, and to have it be an active choice, and to have in her own mind a plan that she is following through, and all you can do is watch and wait, and you can see it unfold in um, Ray Winston's sort of face and character and behaviour and I thought that that was exceptionally well done um, mm -hmm. somebody who really assumes that he does know absolutely everything he needs to know and that that he can't possibly be one um, against one, beaten is the word it's, it's, it, you know, maybe words are harder on Mondays, I don't know um, <laughs> but yeah uh, I thought I just thought it was perfectly done, um, and and a fine line, and there are lots of fine lines in this film that are precision walked, mm. and that that is that whole sequence is one of them, and it would be so easy to do it wrong, it would be so easy to overcook it, um, and this is a film that really knows when to hold back, you know, <laughs> mm. say when to pull the punches, and and it it pulls them all at exactly the right time, mm. really impressive. Yeah, because I, I, one of my initial reactions was I was a little disappointed there wasn't more spy stuff. Mm. I, I do love the, you know, James Bond does it a little bit, but the Mission Impossible, we have to get in and do this little heist thing, mm -hmm. but it's really technical and complicated. I love that. I'm absolutely here for it. I didn't feel we got that, but we got it sort of scattered throughout. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the big Mission Impossible Fast and Furious heist things. It was just she's a spy dealing with stuff in a spy way. Because she's human, that's all she can do. And mm. I think, Laurie, you use the word grounded several times. And yeah, it sort of keeps it that it's they're just dealing with things in a very human way. It's awesome. Mm. I really yeah. did like that it was a sky base after the Moonraker thing at yes. the beginning. Mm -hmm. Loved it, mm -hmm. loved it. I thought that worked really well. And and the fight falling through the debris. Yeah. I mean, that's the most video gamey of things. I've done that in, in all sorts of different films, I'm sure, but that was really good. Mm. I don't think we've seen it in an MCU film, have we? No, I, I, it feels like it's close to the Doctor Strange folding city stuff. Had yes. some of that, but but no, not in that way. Yeah. The, or, or there's the Iron Man falling out of a plane thing, but... This was also so practical. It's quite mm. hard to buy somebody surviving that, but this absolutely mm. works. And like kind of interacting with the wreckage and the plane and everything. Mm -hmm. It's just, again, really nicely done. I really liked that um, after freeing the widows, she doesn't try and recruit them or lead them. She says, you go and make your own choices. Because mm -hmm. the whole point that they've not been, a, they've not had any control of their lives, and yes, great, they decide to come back and, and help and what have you, but that is their decision, and um, I like that because it would be very easy for her to now be, or even Yelena to be like, well, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to um, lead Heard you them all. up, and yeah, yeah, and it looks like they are going to work together, but that's after they've decided to come back. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Mm. I have an anachronism that I would like to point out. 
Oh, what a good word. That's a great word, isn't it? Um, Right right way back at the beginning of the film, um, you will notice, um, I I mean, we we had to stop for a minute because of the shouting. Uh, You will notice that uh, Alexei has a cuddly toy, which presumably belongs to Yelena, or perhaps was Nat's once. And, um, of course, that is Princess Twilight Sparkle. From oh the um, no. <laughs> 2000 and what, like three? My Little Pony mm. Friendship is Magic, what year are we in? 1995? Yes. No, at best you are getting an at-home cuddly lemon drop. There is, there's certainly not, because she's Princess Twilight Sparkle with the wings and everything. She's an alicorn, so that's season three. So it's not even like the beginning. So anyway, as we know, Princess Twilight Sparkle, voiced by Tara Strong, who is Miss mm-hmm. Minutes presumably that must be an active nod because otherwise all that work and you put in an anachronistic my little pony come on so i think that's that's a nice little was, she is both miss minutes and harley quinn <laughs> well, there crossing you go. over all the worlds here that's, that's it i mean really she's her own show mm. um so yeah i was i was quite the spot that was great um, lovely Okay. Did either of you have so uh, the bit of the, after all of this, and um, she goes and meets Mason on the motorbike, and then there's the Quinjet, and then they play the Avengers theme, and I have the most Pavlovian <laughs> response to the Avengers theme, where, like my head goes up, and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much we're going to hear that in the future. So. Uh, Laura, you didn't watch the trailers either. I didn't watch the trailers. I've been pretty strict on on trying to avoid as much of this as possible. It was interesting because I I like when I finally have seen the big film that I've been avoiding trailers about for to go back and watch the trailers and see what, in particular with Marvel, where did they lie? What would I have known that I didn't know? And and by and large, I think the main thing I would have known is oh they're going to go up in the sky and destroy a thing and crash through it. Mm. The I think it might be the last trailer they released. There is a sort of Russian choral version of the Avengers theme. Ah. And I'm so disappointed we didn't get that version because it is really good. I, I normally do that. I've not gone back and looked at the trailers and so on. I mm, think mainly because I've been it. actively re-watching the film all the time. That's, that's <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'll have to do that. Uh, hmm. Do we have anything else we want to touch on? Anything else on your notes you want to call out? I think just a, a little bit more on that um, sequence at, at the end um, with, uh, I suppose, Taskmaster and the unveiling of her mm-hmm. and the part where, oh gosh, what's his name again? Drakov. Yeah, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to call him the... Uh, well, that's a footballer. Anyway. We, we keep calling him Derek. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's close, but yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, um, just uh, and this awful moment where... Um, where he talks about how disfigured she is and how mm. ruined she is as a person. And I really, any film made six months to a year before this would have, would have had some affirming speech about how, uh, how, about how she's fine or she's beautiful in some way or just something. And that just doesn't say anything and mm. just looks at him with such contempt. Mm. And, yeah. and again, it is that not responding, not engaging, not speaking on behalf of things, not um, coating something and just letting the grotesque things just dissolve, I think. Um, it was. I found it a really uh, interesting response. I Again, there are certainly people I'd rather read than myself reflecting on this, um, but I did find it an, an interesting note and it was, yeah, again, it, it felt like 
films are changing and approaches are changing and conversations are changing and sometimes we can just leave crappy things to die in silence mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. on the screen and sit there and go god you're a horrible character i hope you're gonna leave soon <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, builds builds part of yeah characters now. yeah and and also i i just thought that it it really was such a, a believable scenario that he really genuinely believed that this was a great use of his daughter. Mm. Um, it, it was so unpleasant. And the, and the more you kind of sit with those parts of the storyline, the more unpleasant they become and the more thoroughly believable as well. It, it is that sort of parallel, in a sense, to Alexei, someone existing entirely within themselves and their own mythology. Mm. Um and and just very much using even their own family to kind of grow and build a fit. Matthew, you sure are making a lot of faces. I just had a realisation. Sorry, computer set <laughs> for this, but, but just thinking about things. So there was very intent, and I was just like, but, "What am I saying now?" <laughs> I, I, you're absolutely right, and it is nice to be getting into a place where we're not doing the. 101 conversation about these things. Hey, mm. beauty isn't the only import of a person. And this film is yeah. not about beauty in every mm. shade. It's not one of those. Mm. It's not. It's nothing to do with beauty. Yeah, we can actually move into slightly more content conversations <laughs> and actual, yeah, actual elements of the plot that aren't just having to mm. beat people over the head with it. So it's good. Mm. Just picking up on when you talk about Alexi and his own mythology, something that I have a question mark over is. When did he fight Captain America? Because in the prison, he could have been lying. But then when he says to Nat, he he really seems to be expecting that Captain America will have said to her about his involvement with the Red Guardian. But he said this was in the 80s. Well, as the guy in prison said, Cap was not unfrozen. And it was 2011. So I made up... My own story, I realise about that in my head, which I guess I do sometimes, um, which was I assumed that that it was it was a, a staged internal operation and, and that, you know, much of his existence was theatre. Captain America is, is here mm. to fight you. And that it was a, a basically a performance piece. Like wrestling, um, but without him knowing that yeah, he, was, kinda, yeah. he was playing a part. That's interesting. Yeah. I realise I made that up now, but it made perfect sense to me. It does make sense. Or so, it's Cap that went back. One of the um, journalists who writes about all the all the comedy things uh, at Emotional Pedant on Twitter, mm-hmm. Kirsten Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote an article which will be in your show notes. I fifty oh, percent guarantee it. Um, <laughs> but she did a deep dive on how is this possible, ah, and she cool. went through every state of where it could be, and it could be. Captain America went back in time, dropped off all the different stones, and then shacked up with Captain Carter, and then um, at some point had to go and fight Red Guardian. Or it could be, you know, we had Isaiah Bradley. It could be another super soldier created who was posing as Captain Captain America. It could be absolutely a fake thing. It could be the fact he's a bit bonkers. Could be a fever dream. Yeah, she did a whole load of different ways. If we're going to take this supposition as true, how could it be true? Oh, cool. So I'll make sure I link to it. It's, yeah, it was, it was interesting. That. She wrote a, a whole. Um, you know, the Den of Geek do write all of this stuff. They yes. are they are absolutely a great source. This information, um, and they put together a lot of information when the film came out. So worth going and reading. Excellent. Yeah. One other bit which includes Alexi was the hysterectomy joke. 
for the hysterectomy comment. Mm. Which did you read about this? Where no. um, so the reason it's in there is because it was just his joke that uh, is she aggressive because she's on her period, and that was the joke in the original script. And credit to the the guy who wrote it, Eric Pearson. Um, he you know he did say that that was that was meant. The reason it's in there is deliberate, and that it's meant to be. This is something that Alexi is to show Alexi mm. where he's mm. coming from and his lack of thought about these things but then that um kate shortland when that was in the first draft was like well no we're not we hate that (laughs) but but also we're not going to take it out we're actually going to have them answer it and talk Mm. it down to the point of this is what you made you you put us in the position of and this is what we dealt with but in that yelena very um deadpan very direct. Yeah. Mm. But they mm. still also made to ma- manage to make what's horrific slightly funny when she then says, oh, I was going to talk about fallopian tubes next. You know, <laughs> again, I think it's this, this balance of the tone. I think that's just a great example of that. Mm. And, and yeah, because I, I had had a little reaction where he breaks the guy's arm oh. for not believing him fighting Captain America. Yeah. And then walks away with like, oh, cry like little girl. Mm. Something on those lines. And it's just, I thought I thought we didn't do that anymore i thought that's a very immature thing but no this is a very immature character who has exactly. no idea who lives in a world of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and the film is going to teach him about it whilst also educating us the home audience that yes you should talk about what happens to 50 percent of the bodies on this planet mm, yeah mm. and he doesn't it doesn't let him grandstand his way mm. through it. it 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 lets him kind of grow and develop and he has to work hard to communicate which i enjoyed yes and I have finally a public announcement warning: Do not try and dye your your red hair to blonde using an off-the-shelf box dye like that. That is not going to go well. That is my actual hair dye. So I was delighted to <laughs> see it make a celebrity appearance. I found that very surprising. There is no way that box dye went from where she is to where she is at the end when she's blonde. I've I, I gotta say, if you leave it on for long enough, yeah. I, I I mean, if I I do my hair with it, and um, well, I mean, my hair is blue, not red, but you know, there's depth <laughs> in here. There's a lot of work, and actually, I'll be honest, it goes platinum. It's it's a good dye. It doesn't mess around. I mean, it's not beautiful condition. It would it would take a few rounds of a quality conditioner and possibly some straightening. Um, to to iron out the frizz, but let me tell you that has a good hair dye. <laughs> it's also really cheap. I did something similar myself, where I went, wanted to go brunette to blonde, and I used a lightener, which was meant to be the first stage, and then a week later you actually put the dye on, and it turned Tizer orange. Oh yeah, and I go to brunette work. is is another matter. I had to go to work for a week with Tizer orange hair, and it destroyed. It. I had to have it all cut off in the end, and, and go oh, that's and awful. get it done. So. Yeah, no, brunette is is a is a very different kettle of fish. Mm. That's that's hard work. Oh, I once bleached my hair to go as an Australian to the summer ball, and I did wake up and it was quite orange, <laughs> and then a couple of hours later it was it was pretty blonde. It just <laughs> took a what long time to get through the brown. <laughs> Do you think, apart from Elena, there's any way that this affects the wider universe? Which is the question I wanted to ask you um, after our Loki podcast. Is did you did you see anything? Find anything? Um, anyway, I don't know the science or the possibilities for multiverse. I know that this is is not this is from before mm. and so on. But but 
did did you have any thoughts and if it's no then that's fine i mean i think it's it's yeah it's elena and and val and whether we're looking at the thunderbolts sort of dark avengers Mm. yeah Mm. Uh, and then obviously whatever's going to happen to clint and Hawkeye but yeah no I, I don't think there was anything else and I think it's because they want to focus so hard on you know unless it was something you thought Abby I was wondering slightly about um about the serum and, and the mind control things and just thinking about if there were any other yeah. um motifs apart from the obvious Bucky thing if there were any um you know uh, about saying you know going away and, and analyzing the serum and just sort of thinking about if there's if there's anything else that comes out of that um you know, having just got rid of serums in in the Winter Soldier series, <laughs> um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier series, it's it's interesting to see them making a reappearance only this time in red. Yeah, it did yeah. make me think of Scarlet Witch, but that doesn't work time wise. You know, because when I first saw the mm. limits, I thought, oh, is that something that they've developed off the back of Scarlet Witch? But um, I don't think it works time wise. Yeah, the the red sparklies landing on everyone and freeing them. That was very nice. Mm. Plus, is a very Russian colour. Yeah, did you the the widow sting, the arm rockets and the baton are mm-hmm. now red, whereas they were blue in earlier. Yeah, yeah, earlier ones. But I think I think it worked really well. I think again, it's it's red because she was wearing the Russian costume version of it, and obviously, yes, yes. And and to be fair, I do love it in media where like robots turn evil and the wise turn red. <laughs> and stuff like that. So, it, you know, I kind of dug it here as well. <laughs> Terrific. So we're going to wrap up. Um, yeah, Black Widow, if you haven't watched it, but after all this, you need to go and watch it. Um, make sure you join us. We're wrapping up Loki. So we're going to be watching that. And then we've got coming up, we've got What If the Series. We've got Miss Marvel. We've got Hawkeye. There's all sorts coming, which will be tying into what we've seen already, which is very exciting. And many films. So many films. And many films, yeah. Thank you for your cooperation.